listen, finding people, like-minded people to hike with is hard. You don't know what they're into. You don't know if they want to crush miles. They just want to leisurely stroll. You don't know if they're in it just to camp. So our friends at Art of the Trek are now organizing group trips where you can meet new people and have a comfortable and safe experience and have an excuse to get out hiking and camping more often. Please head over to buddies.artofthetrek.com and fill out a detailed form so you can find your great hiking and camping buddies in your area. Now, of course, right now we are practicing social distancing and taking solo hikes. However, we're all dreaming of summer and fall backpacking trips with friends, family, people you meet on Buddies. Art of the Trek is proactively gathering information now so that they can help you and others get back out there when the time comes. So please... Check out buddies.artofthetrek.com. Check out the link in the description. Welcome back to Backcountry BSing in the new studio with the new things on the walls. Looking good. It looks like the backcountry. Look, <laughs> this is um, this is a special one. Yeah, we've been wanting to talk to this gentleman a long time a now. A long time. And this is kind of continuing a tradition lately of talking to cottage vendors as well. Yes. Um, so we are talking to the world famous Dutch from Dutchwear Gear. We've got our Endeavor Brews here. Um, this is someone Andy and I have, have uh, long looked up to in terms of his hammock ingenuity and the products he has. And uh, it's going to be an honor to talk to him. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to uh, talk talk hammocks and all sorts of fun stuff. So, so let's get them on. Thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah. This has been something Andy and I have been looking forward to for a while, ever <laughs> since months ago when you when you were you were warm to it, but you know it wasn't the right time. And then I was like, okay, yeah. that we you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this is a better time now. This that is he's a better time. I know, right? <laughs> This is a better time than a lockdown. Um, so first, um, we kind of started talking to it, but how are things going from the uh, from the command center? From the command center. Um, well, it's going okay. We've switched over to doing uh, PPE. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. talk to you about that. Yeah, and um, and that gives us limited production, but we're not producing. Um, other than I have a lot of stock items, right? Yeah. So um, I'm able to, I mean, actually, I'm amazed at how long I can keep going. I've been going a month now, just pulling out of my inventory. Really? And, you know, I run out of some things. I run out of whoopee slings. I go and I make up some whoopee slings. I run out of straps. I go make my own straps. <laughs> Every order, I go and I look down through them, and I'm just, like, shaking my head. Like, this guy wants everything <laughs> I don't have. <laughs> um, what um, I knew. I saw you were doing gowns. What I saw a face. I saw yeah. the, the plastic face. What's mask all the too. PPE you got, you're making? Um, well, the the gowns is what I'm most proud of um, because uh, we started with uh, the local hospital needed material to make masks, um, so we don't have a whole lot of cotton used right. for that. Yeah. Um, but my seamstresses and my mom seemed to have a lot for quilting. Um, so I gathered all that up and we made a donation. Um, and then they, they were pushing for more stuff. And I went and I said, well, um, I, I think we can produce gowns and some other stuff. Um, originally it was mostly just to cut them on my laser. Um, so 
that conversation happened on a Monday, uh, two Mondays ago, I think. Yeah, two Mondays ago. Tuesday, they brought over a gown, and my head seamstress came in and made a pattern of it. Oh, oh. nice. That evening, I went and I took it to the designer, who doesn't live very far, and uh, from his home, he went and he put it into the laser cutter. Um, the next morning, Alex was driving around the country in an ambulance. That's that's another story, but, but the next <laughs> morning, I went and I had a... Uh, um, I had somebody come in and set it up on the laser and, and, and we cut them out on the laser and we were able to pr- prototype them that day. So it took like, oh, I would say about 36 hours to go from getting the sample wow. to getting it approved. Oh. Um, and, and then the very following day, which was um, Good Friday, we, we were in production and, and, and we were producing. We donated the first 100 gowns and um and our fabrics are pretty high end yeah so they were getting really nice do they know that they're getting like wait so state of the art are those disposable or do they wash them they they do wash them but um from what they gave me to what we're making them i mean it's it's a we're using ion fabric yeah Yeah. (laughs) they're getting some they're getting some light light, ultra light gowns (laughs) and actually we ran out of ion fabric um so we switched to Hexon. So they're getting Hexon. Oh my God. Hexon 2.4 <laughs> gowns. Is that the, the heaviest? Is that the heaviest Hexon that you have? 2. It 4? is the heaviest, but it's still fairly light. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God. But it. Uh, I mean, if they want to, they could su- suspend themselves in their gowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should put like little attachments on it so they could. Uh, yeah. They could, yeah. They could... Whoopee sling. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else are you guys making? Uh, well, we made um, we made some masks. Um, we haven't we haven't pushed selling them or anything. Yeah, we're kind of limited on the materials for that. But we're making these clear, right. not, not the mask for your face um, or for your mouth, but the clear ones for oh, okay. a face shield. Face shields, yeah, yeah. I saw those on Instagram. I think. Yeah, we yeah. were able to cut them out in laser, and we cut a hundred of them, and we just donated them to the hospital. Yeah, nice. Wow. Um, and then we we're also able to make these. Um, they, they were pretty neat. Now we've seen them made on the 3D printer, where they are a, an ear relief for your face mask. Oh uh, yeah, like that little the little thing. That, like, yeah, but sits. it takes them like I mean, 3D printing is so slow. Yeah, and it takes like an hour to make one, and we can cut them out on the laser in lightning speed. Yeah, and the um, so um, we're able we're able to sell those things for a buck a piece. And, and, nice. and again, we're able to donate them to the hospital. So we donated a hundred of those to the hospital. Wow. The hospital's hooked up. The hospital's yeah. everywhere, man. Exxon 2.0 surgical <laughs> gowns. <laughs> When's the Dutchware medical line going to come out? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the whole idea kind of scares me because I'm waiting for <laughs> waiting for the first lawyer to be like, well, uh, what test did you do? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, no, it's cool. Something, you know, this... Everything that's happening right now sucks, but it's cool to see, you know, companies like you, like Andy and I, literally before this, there's a distillery down the road from me that's selling hand sanitizer now. And like all the companies kind of like, that is cool. Yeah. Kind of like scrambling to provide and utilize the things that they have to like help with this. And I think that's, that's a very cool thing to see what's going on. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's kind of uh, like a weird thing that's happened because of all this. I mean, it sucks that we're shut down, but people are like stepping up in all these interesting, cool ways. And I think it speaks to like, I don't know, this country. It's cool. Absolutely. Um, so 
I want to go back a little bit and talk about how. So you you through hiked the AT in two thousand three, right? Yep. So what? I want to talk about what inspired you to hike the AT, and then how did that how did that get you into Dutchwear? Well, um, actually, I was not a hiker. I, I maybe it may have done uh, fifty miles in my life. I, I doubt that. Um, and um, I was actually hunting. And, oh, nice. Um, and my style of hunting is leaning against a tree and taking a nap. <laughs> you fit in in Ohio. That's how we hunt. <laughs> so I woke up one day, and and um, and it was snowing in the woods. It was November, and it was it was snowing, but the sun was shining. It was like I was in a snow globe. And I was kind of like at an angry place in my life where I didn't like my job and stuff. Uh, and that's when I decided. So that's November. And I decided that I was going to through hike that year. And it was just, I wanted to just stay in the woods. Yeah. So, um, so I started out my planning to do that. And I left, um, late March, early, early April. And I planned for, um, just, I went on white blazes like everybody else mm -hmm. does. I did the same research that everybody yeah. else did back then. Um, but hammocks were just starting to come on. And somebody went and said, I would use a hammock. Hmm. So um, I went and I bought a Hennessy hammock. I was 10 pounds overweight when I bought it. And um, 10 pounds over the weight limit, I should say. Oh, <laughs> and, nice. And, and so I started, I started doing this like exercise that I could I would go jogging with my backpack to try and get in shape. Made these incredible plans. I knew how many miles I was going to hike every day on the oh, Appalachian whoa, Trail. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that threw that plan away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my first my first full night in a hammock was on Springer Mountain. Really? And, a, and I want you nice to imagine dirty little secret here, Dutchware. <laughs> I want you to imagine we got nothing. We, we we you got a Hennessy hammock, you got a napkin for a tarp. Yeah. That is yeah. the diamond shape and I mean, he's even made them bigger that, than, than what they were back then. Back then, it was maybe three inches past the hammock. You you could get more coverage. Um, I'm tying ropes. Yeah. I'm sleeping oh, on yeah, a pad. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sleeping on a Z-rest. So that's that's like <laughs> yeah. half the width of me. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, But the hammock, I mean, it really worked well. It was a really rainy year. Um. But I think hammocks. I think hammocks are perfect for hiking the AT because yeah. there's almost always trees. Yes. yes, and it really helps for dispersing people. Yeah, because yeah. you're not all congregated yeah. around that shelter. Um, so. Were you like always into hammocks before you got into wanting to hike the AT, or like were you just like I'm gonna hike the AT and I'm gonna do it in a hammock? If somebody said I want to do it. Somebody said to do it in a hammock. Yep, I I, I picked. Um, I picked the hammock as a choice. I was looking for a tent and someone said I'd do it in a hammock and oh, okay. I, I took their advice. I took their advice and, and uh, so or, or there'd be no Dutchware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, so the whole way down the AT, you're just probably, are you just thinking about, oh, I can change this. I could make this easier if I only had this. Yeah. This. How long? Um, so you hiked in 2003 and then, so first off, what were you doing before you hiked the AT? Um, immediately before I was an electrician, okay. I've been in the plastic field a lot. Okay. Um, 
you know, middle management, which is a terrible place to be. Yeah. And, and, and um, so, um, I mean, so, a little bit of like some engineering going on, okay. but nothing, nothing that really translates. Uh, some manufacturing that translates well to, to what I do now. Okay. Um, but um, I, I, I was never really into hammocks or, and, and even, even when I was hiking the Appalachian Trail, it just happens that that year, uh, Jacks are better. Uh, Peter Pan and Smee, the, the, the owners, uh, the originators of Jacks are better, were also hiking. Oh, I didn't know that. And, um, and, and I happened to run into them early. They were doing like a 500 mile section. Oh. Um, they called themselves the old geezers. <laughs> so, so, uh, um, they were talking to this other girl that was in hammock and hammocks were very few. There might've been 10 that year. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And, and, um, and I can remember the, the girl was, um, two dog night and she hiked with two dogs and she wanted a, uh, a bigger tarp because her Hennessy tarp was just too darn small and her dogs were getting wet and they were talking to her and, they were talking about staying warm and things like that. Now, all this stuff isn't on my mind. The only thing that's on my mind are cheeseburgers and <laughs> the, the next tra- ta- next town stop. All right, I, but I just I remember this conversation because they were like coming up with these ideas for her problems. Okay, and, and so the Jacks were doing it. I wasn't doing yeah, it. Right, <laughs> and and um and. Everybody hikes at a different pace. Right. I might have run into a couple more times, um, but it wasn't until many years later that um, that I realized who they were and that conversation that took place. Oh, that's cool! And, and they are the original cottage vendor. They're, right. they're they're the ones that really started it, and they really saw the need. They they are, they are the original manufacturer of the quilts, um, and larger tarps, and, and lightweight tarps. Um, there's, there's a lot of us that, that are following them on their coattails. So, so they, and this is, I didn't know this, any this, of this. This is amazing. This is cool. Hammock history. Yeah, this is so, cool. So they get credited with like kind of the, the first ideas behind under quilts. Yeah. Wow. Really? Oh, this Absolutely. is cool. Yeah, they they yeah. were the first commercial under quilt. There was a couple DIY ones. Right. Um, and then they came out with, um, a, a whole line for um, quilts. There, there was a couple things coming out also from Spear Hammock. They were a real early one, right? Um, but nothing like the Jacks. Jack, Jacks were Jacks were full fledged doing it. So when you ran into them on the AT, were they? Did they have the company at that point, or were they just like kicking around ideas? Nope, they were. Did they have under quilts? They're from the military. They were friends. Okay. And, and, um, and I think they were kicking around the idea. Uh, Pan, Peter Pan is a uh, logistics officer oh, from okay. the military. He's retired, and he knows all of these things about supply chains and things of that nature. That's helpful for a um, starting a company. Yeah, sure. Actually, um, Jacks are better. They, they, they did uh, more than that. When you go to a hang and there's a raffle, mm-hmm. um, they're the one that started that tradition. Oh, oh! Maha was one of um, the first ones, and then there was also the um, Winter Hang down at Mount Rogers. 
The, okay. These are okay. the very earliest hangs that ever happened. And uh, um, Jacks Are Better was the only real vendor at that time. Right. Um, or one of the very first starting ones. So um, they would always bring all these things to raffle off. And it was it was nothing but Jacks Are Better gear. There was no other vendors. And, and um, that practice has been repeated through the years, but they were the originators of this. So we're now you got me thinking because I was thinking back to like years ago when I started first researching hammocks. But were they credited with like the first whoopee sling too? Is that them? No, and I can actually I can tell you just because I remember that conversation. Because <laughs> okay. I remember looking on their website many many years ago, and they had whoopee slings for sale, and and I had never seen them before. So, you know, so much came from uh, hammock forms, especially in the early years. Yeah. yeah. And hammock forms was, um, first of all, you had the hammock enthusiast, mm-hmm. but there was a big DIY crowd there that was coming up with solutions. That was a fun time Yeah, when there was 500 to a thousand members and, um, and, and war bonnet guy was on there. Whenever I asked a question, I always wanted <laughs> war bonnet guy to answer my question because, because that dude, he knew all about ropes. He knew, yeah. knew about knots. He knew about materials. Yeah. And I didn't know anything. So I'd always be like, Hey, what, what, what rope would be good for this? <laughs> yeah. And I'm, and, and I'm like, I'm gen- asking to the general, population but i'm like i hope war bought a guy <laughs> so um uh, you know there was um grizz was on it and, and there was a lot of other people so um somebody came on there and they posted under suspension about um whoopee slings and um they was came from the arborist industry oh no and, that makes sense and, and um it didn't get any attention and then like three weeks Maybe a month later, somebody went and said, "Hey, I think we should. We, I think we should revisit this." <laughs> and and and, um, and they looked into it. By this point, I was doing um, a little bit of a little bit of manufacturing. I was doing the Dutch clip. That's mm. really all I was yeah. producing at the time. And um, and the Dutch clip. The whole purpose of the Dutch clip was because back in those days, everybody used cinch buckles or the rings right mm-hmm. right and, and descending rings and you had to take them out of that in order to feed it through its yeah. own loop or you had to have a climbing beater climbing beaters weigh a lot yeah so i went and i came up with with the dutch clip which was really just for my own convenience and the uh um so when when that came out with the whoopee sling i thought well people aren't going to need the uh, Dutch clip anymore. And I was like, well, I guess that was a fun run. <laughs> Actually, it's funny. If, if you entertain me with talking about the Dutch clip. Oh, no. When, yeah, when, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I had made really, I was doing gear because I like to make gear. Right. And, and um, I made a, something called a bridge skin, which, which is, um, a bridge hammock that folds up into a backpack. Into a backpack. I've I've seen this. You may have a video on this. An old one, yeah. don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I and it, it was, um, I mean, really, a lot, a lot of what I was doing was just so I would get attention on the internet. <laughs> yeah, and, and so I would go and I'd post all these pictures and everything on it. Um, and I, w- I was um, most proud of, of, of this piece. It probably is still one of the things, I mean, it was totally original idea. It's really functional. You only use one at, one at a time. Um, it was not a manufacturable idea because yeah. I'd put like, 
I don't know, 80 hours into making one or something. Oh, wow. um, but the uh, uh, I didn't want to put a big old carabiner on the end of the suspension because this was my second one, and I really lightened it up every place I could. Um, so I went and I made a uh, I made the first Dutch clip out of uh, just some scrap aluminum, made it with a file and, and, and a hacksaw. Really? A vice, and I, I sculpted this thing in, oh, into wow. a Dutch clip. Oh, that's sweet. So I uh, I went and I took it to Maha, and it was like the second or third Maha, and I was showing it to um, I was showing it to to Peter Pan from Jacks Are Better, and two QZQ was there. Now two QZQ happens to live um, in the same county as me, right? And um, so he joined in the conversation, and I'm talking about the bridge skin, and he just keeps fixating on the Dutch clip, and and, and he's like, yeah. I, Tell me about this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I just made that out of some scrap aluminum. But look at this really <laughs> It unfolds into a, into a, into a hammock. The spinner cool. bars are, are the supports for – and he's yeah. like, yeah, but man, we could make these Dutch clips. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but – so um, the uh, – um, I didn't want to be a vendor. At, at this time um, – what there, year, there what year was this? popping up, wanting to become uh, vendors and wanting to sell. And to tell you the truth, that little click that was happening before stopped. And nobody shared their ideas anymore. And that was my joy. That was my fun in doing all of this yeah. was that I could, I could create something. I could post it and people would say, you're really great. <laughs> and and um, and people would always want to buy it. And I'd be like, no, I spent all this time making it. I'm not going to put it into a box yeah. and ship it away and never see it again. And um, so when 2QZQ or, or Tim um, said, hey, I really want to go and make these. I said, I really don't want to make these. And, and he uh, and he said, well, then I'm going to make it. I'm like, well, you're not going to make my idea. <laughs> So um, we kind of kicked it around a little bit, and money messes up everything. Yeah. So we went and we were going to make 15 cents per Dutch clip. And we couldn't figure out how to split up the profits at 15 cents. So 15 finally, cents. because I wanted to take all of that out of it to kind of give it a bit of purity, we did it for charity. Okay, nice. And at the time, my charity was Meals on Wheels. Mm -hmm. So um, if if you get Meals on Wheels, a lot of people don't know this, but they actually pay for that. The people have to pay like five to six bucks a meal um, to have those meals delivered. And um, so to make sure all the money went to it, Dutch Clips would pay the – would pay for those meals directly. So instead of getting a bill for $25 for the week, they they would get a note saying Dutch Clips has purchased. Oh, um, okay. Uh, I didn't know that. Um, so um, we did that and, and we put it on um we put it on hammock forums and in an hour we sold 350. <laughs> oh my god. And I, I, there was some kind of commercial about something like that. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and we yeah. turned it off. Because I mean, we didn't even, all we had was a prototype. We didn't even know how we were going to make them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, That's funny. So, 
we went and, and you know, I mean, there were, there was some people that were on the internet, internet that evening, but then the next day they're all reading this post being like, how do I get these? How do I get these? And everybody wants them. So we decided to turn it on again and we turn it on for an hour. Again, we sell 350 pair. Wow. So we turn it back off and we said, we're going to have to make these. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we did it with the, I mean, it, Tim is a plumber. So he had this, um, aluminum oxide, um, sandpaper that was in strips oh, and, no. and we would stick the clip into basically a hugger and we would sit there like a shoe shine boy. Oh, that's how you round them? the edges. Do that for 700 pairs. No. Oh, no. And so, sir, we're we're trying, throwing them in polishers, and and all we have is like this little Harbor Freight polisher. Um, Tim was running out of his house, and finally he's like, you have to take this thing. It it runs 24 hours a day. It makes nothing but noise. And it really, I mean, it was doing nothing. Finally, we went and um, we took him to a place that makes um, pewter. And they had these polishers that were like four foot wide and, and, and we dump them in there and that polished them up like unbelievably good. But um, then then they kept um, when we distribute all these, everybody wanted more and all their friends wanted them and all the people that didn't get in on those first two yeah. buys wanted them. And um, it was it was actually it, it was it was exciting, but it was still a little bit scary. That that's crazy. This is a, a great story. No, I was just thinking like in all for like 15, 16 cents <laughs> per God. You made like 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah, you made like um so what what year was that when that happened? I believe that's 2008. So then what how did we get from you making Dutch clips with 2QZQ with some sanding paper effectively <laughs> to to Dutchware? Um the the next product that really came out was a the tarp fly, okay, and yep. and, and the Dutch hook, yep. And um, the moderators, the previous moderators on hammock forums, um, they they were talking and they were saying we really need something better than the night eyes figure nine mm. that that the aluminum ones were bending. Yes, yeah, I know and, what that is. Um, they asked. Um, they, they said, you know, it'd be really neat to make them out of titanium. And um, I didn't know, I'm not a machinist or anything. So I, I and I was getting the um, Dutch clips water jet cut. Oh, okay. So um, I, t- I took, it, it cost me, I don't know, I think $120. And I got a foot by foot square of <laughs> one eighth titanium. Oh, you just bought a brick of titanium. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. It was thin. It was a thin blade. Okay, okay. So I took it to um, the water jet cutter, who who was a uh, he, he's very local. It's a couple miles from my house, and he is um, at one time he was a farmer, and he's he's a Mennonite with a water jet cutter in his barn. Okay. And the reason he got it was he made these um, he made these fans, only. The mother of all fans. These fans have 15-foot fan blades. Oh, wow. They're called the cattle cooler. Oh, and okay. they run at a slow speed um, and move a bunch of air. And, and he, he, if you know anything about the Mennonites, they, they are incredible craftsmen. Mm-hmm. And, and um, 
and he, he puts a thermostat control on this, that varied speed, little transmission oh, cool. that he builds himself. The man's amazing. Um, but the fan blades were costing so much that it was cheaper for him just to buy a water jet cutter, which is $140,000. Oh. <laughs> and so, um, so he farmed this out with a water jet cutting business, became a bigger business than the fan, than the fan blades. Oh, okay. Huh. And actually, his son now runs the, this water jet cutter and now has bought, I, I think they have a total of five water jet cutters that, that they go all the time. But but they have been fantastic to me. Um, probably one of my greatest secrets because they they, um, they work at a great price. Mm-hmm. And, and and they just work. With, when, when I need to prototype something, I send it over. Um, sometimes I just need to adjust the drawing and they'll, they'll do that for me. And oh, wow. they'll, they'll prototype out 10 things and I won't buy any of them. And then the 11th thing is something that I'll buy. And they know that I'm going to buy eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went and I took titanium to them and they were like, well, we don't even know if we can cut titanium. We just, we're, we're just, we're just squirting water. Yeah, on yeah, it. yeah. So, um, I would, and I kind of drew up the, the tarp fly design. Um, the whole idea was to get a, um, a stronger, figure nine that everything was more in line and that you could slide up and down on the rope. Um, and, 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 um, and it wouldn't rust or corrode. So, um, so they did cut it and they said that it was the craziest thing they ever saw because on the other side coming out the back side of it is sparks. <laughs> cuts, even with water, it sparks. Really? It sparks. Wow. Yes. Hmm. Um, I've seen people take like titanium shavings and put them in a shotgun shell and, uh-huh. and blast them out, and it it, yeah. it shoots out like I don't know so, something happens with titanium that, yeah. that reacts like that, like oxidizes um, or something. Yeah. So they produced the uh, the tarp fly for me, but originally um, it had more. Lo- it looked like a K. As a matter of fact, I was going to call it the the some something K. I can't remember the exact name of it, um, but I could never get. Could never get the string to hold and and uh and it wasn't um it, it was it was feeling like a failure and then it was just before um a winter hang i went and i took it and, and i got fed up with it because I, I thought that if i just did it like a mooring boat that it would hold yeah. but it just winds would catch it and it just would never would never hold for me um but then i went and i bent down the one part of the k and, and that's what you see for that um the antenna going in the back. Oh, and, okay. And, and um, that that whole premise of going around 360 degrees and then putting it through a cinch um, has been repeated on a lot of my parts. Like yeah. The fleas, the wasp, the stingers. I see. Um, stingers. That's it, it's pretty much the same concept of um, wrap around 360 degrees to take off the tension and then cinch it with using a a um, non sheathed rope because they compress. The um, I was I was happy you brought up stingers. So, Andy and I, we are like our channel. There's there's like five. There's some products we just obsess about on a lot of videos, and the Dutchware stingers is certainly one of them. Yeah, th- they just, don't get enough love. They don't get enough love. We rave about it. It's such an ingenious way to string a tarp up. It's so um, quick. It's so. so quick. It's so easy, and the tension holds. And we like we tell everyone like stop screwing around with these huge ridge lines, these continuous ridge lines. Just yeah. get some stingers, throw it up there. Man. It's so easy. Yeah. Um, 
So, so you, you made the Dutch clip, then I, yeah, you, you started making a bunch of other hardware, but then at some point, when did you start to, I don't know if you call it like go big time, but really open up like a, like, cause what was the first hammock you started with? Was it the, the netless one? Yeah, it was a netless. And uh, the way that came about was Adam from, from hammock gear. Okay. Now, um, I had known Adam, uh, before either of us had a business. Mm-hmm. He's re- he's we, right down the he's like a couple of miles he's like very close to us we've never met him but uh, he's in the he's in the Columbus area. I I, I bet he's not. <laughs> I, I, bet, I, I bet he's in Arizona right now. Okay, I bet, <laughs> bet he, he's in, in the desert right now getting getting m- making his uh, um, making his freckles even worse. Than his <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cause the guy the guy never works at all. <laughs> <laughs> So if you want to credit somebody, you want to credit Harry and you want to credit Sally. So anyhow, I, I, I was lollygagging with, with Adam as, as he always is. And, and he went and um, he was just getting started and he said, man, I am having a hard time getting fabrics. Um, and, um, but the problem is that he didn't have, um, he didn't have the collateral to buy what you had two bulk. So he was getting, I mean, just whatever you could get from Westmark as a supplier. Okay. I think that's probably where he was getting from. I'm not positive, but um, he wasn't able to offer the array of choices of different quality fabrics. They changed every time you get a different roll of fabric. So, you know, it's a different green this time. And yeah. Um, so he said it would be great if I started doing fabrics and then still selling DIY supplies. And, um, and DIY, I mean, that's really my passion. I mean, mm-hmm. it's creating, creating gear is, is what caused all this, but, um, the, um, to, to, it, it was a good opportunity because he would buy the fabrics from me if I just stocked them. Oh, so okay. Okay. I bought my first Argon and, and, um, and bought the Argon 67, which it was, uh, I ran into a little bit of luck that the supplier I ran into was a good one. And I wound up hitting at, at a good, I hit a home run with my very first one. I, I did not know that much about um, fabrics other than just using them. And, um, but very quickly, I kept um, going back to that well. And, and finally, um, I made the Argon 67 and the Argon uh, 90. I made an argon sill, but that didn't that didn't work that well because it had too much stretch. But then I came out with the argon um, 1.6, and um, and it was unlike any hammock fabric I've ever had. I still like it. I don't own any more of it. Um, the hexon has taken over for yeah. it. But um, what was really sweet about the argon um, 1.6 was it was a the hand feel to it. It mm-hmm. wasn't like plastic. And I didn't even know why. And I had to find out why later. Um, it, it gets down to the filament and it's not a smooth filament. It, it's a filament that if you were to blow it up would have all these little hairs and stuff. Mm. So it is cottony like. Um, but the reason it made a good hammock fabric was because it, it wasn't slick. And it had some grab to it. Mm. Uh, and and, and the hexon basically is the same thing, only I added a, a lot more uh, ripstop to that old argon. Um, so I was planning on becoming more of a fabric supplier, 
um, at the time it was, you know, there was through hiker um, was a good source for fabrics and it's where I was buying my fabrics when, when I'd make things um, and Seattle fabrics. Uh, I think that was a couple quest. That those are about yeah. the only ones that were really around and there was definitely a market for it. Um, and so then I wanted to make a simple netless hammock. And, and so I hired a seamstress and, and they would just, they, she would work from home and she would make those. It was, it was pretty, um, I, we were able to make them at a good price because we were buying the fabric in bulk ourselves. Yeah. We were buying off somebody else. So we came out with the $30, um, netless hammock, which was, and I only made, after I paid the seamstress, I think I made $2 per hammock. But when people bought that hammock, they bought what I really wanted them to buy was a suspension. Mm, okay. And it's kind of like selling printers. You're right. not selling printers. Yeah. You're selling... Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so um, that was the business model was to produce a very inexpensive hammock that, that anybody could buy and, and, and then a really good suspension that could go on that. Because what you usually had was a cheap hammock with a really crappy suspension. Yeah. 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 That's so. interesting. Um, so now we're at Dutchware, which I, I view as like a, you got, you're pretty big right now. Um, what do you, so I, I ask everybody, every cottage vendor that we talk to, I ask this question and, and don't give away any trade secrets, but what do you think, like, what do you think is the next big thing in hammocks or in backpacking or like in the cottage vendor? Like, is it a, is it a new fabric? Is it more stuff with Dyneema? Like, what do you think is like, like, cause we always like we like technology and we like the advancements. I mean, the advancements you've made with fabrics and hammock design, like, what do you think is going to be like the next big thing for either hammocks or backpacking or anything? You're a good one to ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think there's going to be some new methods for for um, and wider fabrics. Okay. You're going yep. to have, you, have um, things like single panel tarps. Oh. Um, it, that you don't have to have a ridge line and oh. and um, it, that 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 day will come because they can make fabrics that wide. Yeah. They're just make, not making that those fabrics that wide and then. Um, silicone in them. They're getting pretty wide. They're getting about 75 inches. Um, but they need to get to like a hundred inches and, and, and you have that, um, for hammocks, the trend, um, that I see now is, uh, people are going to be going from 11 foot to 12 foot hammocks. Oh God, we're getting <laughs> and, longer. And, wow. Yeah, I, know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought 11 foot, and we're actually, six two and 11 foot's big. <laughs> I just made one for a friend. I, I made it, um, it, I, I made it really special for, for him with putting um, a lot of the chameleon features on, on just a netless hammock so yeah, he can yeah. put a feet shelf on it and stuff. Okay. But, you know, it's a wide hammock. It's got knotty mods. Oh, nice. And 12 foot long. Jeez. And um, so I wanted to set the if, – if, if you don't sit in the hammock, the um, the suspension doesn't really sit, get set in right. and come undone. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of wanted to get in there and – and I, and I laid in that baby and I'm like, oh, crap, this is a nice hammock. <laughs> so is it is it that much? Like, does the length really? Because we have 11-foot hammocks. Now, I know the standard was 10 before that. And then yes. 11, is the Chameleon was the first 11-foot hammock I think I had. Well, we had the XLC. I think the XLC might be. Anyway, yeah. so is, is 12, like, 
if you're like a regularly sized person, is is twelve going to make you that much more comfortable than eleven, or do you have to be like six foot eight for it to really like matter? You 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 notice it because there's nothing pulling in towards the ends. Oh, I see. I see. It's I as see. open as it can be, especially when you go wide. Okay. Now there's diminishing results there. Mm-hmm. I don't see going thirteen. This is going to be like this is a Cadillac of hammocks. A 12 foot hammock. Good lord. Actually, we just we did just introduce the 12 footer, and (laughs) it's um, and it comes standard with naughty mods. It's a wide fabric. Um, a 12 foot wide. Oh my god. No, not 12 foot wide. It's 12 foot long. And did I say 12 foot wide? I'm sorry. No, I mean, like, but a wide but cut. A, was it a wide cut with a 12 foot yeah, hammock? Yeah, yeah. It's like 72 inches wide. Oh, wow. Um, you want naughty mods on that because that's a lot of fabric and you want yeah. to kind of take up attention on that. Um, and I actually, we we were able to produce them because um, we, at, at a really good price, really, it's not that much more weight mm-hmm. or another foot of hammock. Yeah. Right. Same thing with tarps. It's not that much weight for an extra foot of tarp. Yeah, and, yeah. And especially since most of the weight of a tarp is like in the perimeter. You got to have that yeah, anyhow. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. It, 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 so, um, you know, I like to be light, but man, I like a big tarp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We when we first got bought tarps, we didn't even think about getting an eleven foot tarp. We went straight to twelve foot tarps. Yeah. Or like it doesn't seem it's if it's like if you have an eleven foot hammock and granted it's not eleven feet of you know total length because of the sag, but like we went straight to twelve so now tarps are gonna get bigger too, and like and like it's it's gonna be a yeah. it's gonna be a palace, yeah that's true. <laughs> do do you do you ever get to backpack anymore? Um, I am planning a trip. Um, I'm I'm planning a trip for for the end of next month. Good. That I am hoping this shutdown ends. Yeah. It's a good five-day hike. I did go on a good winter one um, this year. Okay, nice. Um, I, I remember um, someone once telling me when I started becoming a vendor, it was Darby from Trail to Tree, Tree to Trail. So I never forget which one. They, they're, they're longer in business. But Darby went and said, um, do you like backpacking? Because you're not going to do that. <laughs> That's why I wanted to ask you. <laughs> it, it, um, you do get out. Unfortunately, a lot of the times it winds up being a hang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's cool. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And a hang for a vendor is work. Right, 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 right. 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 Yeah. yeah. The, the, um, the, and, and, you know, you're just talking about the same stuff. And, and, um, and it's not certainly, and you never go solo anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I do certainly miss that. And every year I say, this is going to be the year. You know, if, as long as a pandemic doesn't happen <laughs> this year. <laughs> no, we um, we were um, at the end of next month, Memorial Day, the week of Memorial Day, we were set to go do 100 miles in the Arizona Trail, and that's all shot now. So we're still going. We're not going to Arizona. We're still doing six days um, at the end of May, fingers crossed. Um so we had to like we we had to re-engineer our plans just because all the flights got canceled out of Flagstaff, so we couldn't even get in and out. So we have mm-hmm. to drive somewhere. So we're really hoping by the end of May, yeah. 
at least it's calmed down enough. Like we were like, we can't even go to the Smokies because the second that opens back up, there's going to be thousands of people there. So we have to like now think about, all right, where can we go? And you're in, um, you're in Lancaster, right? Yeah. So you're close. I've actually, it's random. I've actually been to Lancaster very mm-hmm. randomly. Um, but you've got some good backpacking options in that area, especially you can shoot down to like down South a little bit. We got, we got nothing in central Ohio, man. No, yeah. It's bare. It's bare bones. Yeah. Do uh, you, the Shenandoah is, is, um, a good, and, yeah. You know, New England is just full of backpacking. Yeah. Of yeah. Um, and, and where I'm located in Pennsylvania is nice because the AT kind of curves around. Yeah. Yeah. So you can hit all these different places on the AT with a one to two hour drive. Oh, yeah, that's not us. And, and you, you, you could hit anywhere along pretty much, um, the entire Pennsylvania Appalachian Trail. Yeah. 275 miles within two hours. Do um do you think you're gonna through hike ever again? Oh, I'd like to, but I got a daughter. There's a high <laughs> what, maintenance. What daughter. about um like our whole thing is like, you know, we don't have kids yet, but like when our kids are like eighteen, that's that's when we're through hiking. <laughs> we're like, we're well, yeah. out of the house. <laughs> I, I that has been that has been an idea, or okay. maybe. She has to drive. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that 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 is that is what parenting is. Yeah, driving them places. Um, so would it would it would it be the PCT? Um, I would love to do the PCT. The the um, that's a tough hang done, in the desert. I, I've redone most of the AT. Yeah, yeah. I got I got eleven hundred miles of the AT redone. Wow, oh, nice. I didn't know wow. that. Nice. Yeah, so um, I keep thinking, you know, I, I jam in 800 miles and I got myself another through hike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I've, I've been I've been enjoying um, biking. Yeah, I was going to ask you about bike packing because yeah. I know I you and trips last year. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it's kind of nice to be able to hit a restaurant at every meal. Right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, uh, I think it was what whenever you did a bike packing trip with with Adam from hammock here. That's when I first, I first, we went, so we went to Colorado in 2018 and that's when I first saw people bike packing. I first saw that that was a thing. Yes. And I was like, this makes a lot more sense. <laughs> you can go way further. You can get a restaurant every meal. You can go on roads. And I don't know if that was before or after. And then I saw you got, you guys did some like epic out West bike packing. No, you went to like through the Midwest didn't you. Yeah, we went through, um, Basically, we did, we took two big trips, and we've gone um, from Kansas City. Yeah, we went from Kansas City to Ohio. Nice. Okay. Wow. Um, the the one was it was cold. It was it was twenty degrees every single day. Uh, so um, you know that's cold on a bike, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> What's the cold. what mileage do you do for bike packing? Um, we did do one hundred mile a day. Oh. That, uh nearly killed me yeah that 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 was afterwards we we went into a hotel and he's like come on let's let's go to let's go to the restaurant and the restaurant was like i swear to you it was not in the hotel's parking lot but it was in the next parking lot and i'm like yeah sure get me an uber (laughs) (laughs) but but the um the 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 well i i think i'm 60 mile day yeah is I have no concept me. of what a 
regular mileage bike packing. Days. Sixty sounds a lot. I've done. I've done. That one, still I've, sounds like a lot. I've done a one hundred five one time, and that was hmm. not with a pack though. No. Yeah, I've no. I've biked one hundred five a day, but not with stuff on me and, and on a road bike. Because you're not on a road bike, right? Or you're on more of a hybrid. Um. Well, the one trip was on a hybrid, but now I'm on a road bike. Okay. I, I got. I'll tell you one thing nice about bike packing. Is the gear is beautiful. Yeah. You you can just keep buying gear. <laughs> and, and, you know, backpacking, you can only carry so much. Yeah. Boy, when you get to bikepacking and, and and that gear, that gear becomes incredible. Yeah. You get <laughs> you get um, the bags that go onto it and, and and you switch them up for all these different trips whether you're going on rail trails or, yeah. or what have you. Um, so if you like gear and you don't mind spending outrageous amounts of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is, that's what we need. Another hobby that requires no, us to buy more gear. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> so I, I think we clearly can't, we, we can't do this without talking about the Banyan hammock. <laughs> yes, I know. And I, I can't believe it took us this long to get to it. It's been 50 minutes. You, you know what? I, I've been telling Kevin for a few years. I was just like there, I mean, there was a few, you know, bridge style hammocks. And I was like, I wonder if Dutchware will come out with one. And he then- called this, he yeah. called this. And we, we did a podcast with Mark a month or two ago. He, he didn't say anything. And we were, we were talking to him. We're like, Mark, you know, what do you, what have you been doing lately? Like, and he's like, I've been, it's like, I can't say what it is, but I've been, Dutch has been, we've been working. And I'm like, it, we're like, it's a bridge hammock, isn't it? <laughs> he didn't say anything. Um, so it, it, so I've, I've been in, in a, I've, I've, I started hammocking in 2016. You started hammocking a little bit before that. And then I did about three solid years in a hammock. And then all of a sudden last year, my legs, and I think it was because I was, I ran a bunch of marathons and my legs started getting really screwy when I would do more than like three nights in a hammock. So then I went for trips longer than three nights. I went to a tent and then for all the weekend trips, I'm still in my chameleon. And then I was talking to Mark and then we were up in Wisconsin and there were two dudes that had Ridge Runner. This was before the banning banning was out and there were two dudes that had Ridge Runners and they were like, dude, the bridge hammock. If you have problems in a gathered end, the bridge hammock is the way to go. And I've never laid, I've never even, other than seeing one there, I've never laid in one. And I was talking to Mark literally like last week and I was like, all right, dude, do I need to get this? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, okay, done. So how, like how, so I've never laid in one. I've only laid, I've only laid in a gathered end hammock. Like what from the, from arguably the biggest hammock master we've ever talked to, what is the difference? Like, what can I expect? Um, there is a certain way of laying in, in a bridge and I'm a side sleeper. Okay. This, and that, that's good. Yeah. Um, now if you go full on your side, it's kind of Okay. But then when you tuck up your knees, it's not easy easy to do that. Okay. I don't normally sleep in the fetal position side sleeping. So I don't normally okay. do that. Well, the most comfortable way for me to sleep in, in a bridge hammock is um, almost like three quarters of the way on your side. Okay. Okay. You're not, you're not on your back for sure. Yeah. And, and and I find the back to be kind of difficult. It's really great for lounging. Yeah. Because you can do this. Mm-hmm. And that that that's comfortable, right? Um, but that's you don't really sleep like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then if you're just flat on your back, 
it just feels weird for your arms because your arms have to be like on top of your body because just the way that it curves up there around your hips and stuff. And it gets narrow there. But if you turn yourself three quarters of the way towards your side, um, maybe put maybe put one arm okay. underneath your head. Um, it totally feels natural. Really? And, and, and the way that bridge hammock is suspended, it's not suspended from the ends. You're really getting the suspension um, from those side hems. Yeah. And, and um, it it carries your weight in like a different way. It's everyone says that it's the flattest lay, but the human body really isn't flat. Yeah. And and when we when we started talking about that in the hammock world, we were just talking about, hey, I don't want my knees to be bent the back backwards right laying straight so i yeah. go diagonal but but if you really look at underneath that person it's not a not right a right and if you were to have a see-through mattress you would be like that person yeah on, there's on like a, a flat bed yeah is, is curving and um so the bridge hammock the way it supports you all the way through your body is really really slick it, it, it is what makes me sleep so well. Yeah. Because it, it's almost like you are adrift in water or something. Interesting. I mean, it, yeah. it, oh, it, is, it is. And I've always I'm been so a big excited fan for this. <laughs> of a bridge hammock. It's, it's, um, I was there. I was there in the very beginning when the Jaxar Better came out with yeah. the Bear Mountain Bridge. Um, Grizz and this guy named Tadi were doing all this work with the bridge hammocks, coming up with the aerial and, and that was the the um, front runner of of the Ridge Runner, which I've always been a big fan of. The Ridge mm -hmm. Runner, his his pockets on the side yeah. there are saddlebags are just genius, and they just if you if you're a fill in there, it's it's almost like he he, he made that to fit you. Yeah. To, that things just there's there's a there's a place for like small things, a place for bigger things. It's um so and but the comfort of and also. It's so much easier to quilt. Um, See, that, and that was something that, we want to talk to you about. Because yeah. his biggest hang-up, and not with the Banyan, but his biggest hang-up with getting a Ridge Runner was he had to buy a separate underquilt. Well, I mean, people like talk about how you can mod it. And so uh, we I talked to Mark about like... Oh, Mark was like, I got a UGQ Zeppelin on this thing. Like, no problem. I'm like, I got a UGQ Zeppelin, so I'm getting... So he's like, you'll be, you'll be fine. <laughs> so like, it, it really like... He was just saying you have to play with the, the suspension a little bit versus a gathered end, but he's like, it'll fit on there. He really sold me on this hammock. I mean, he was like... Because you, you know Mark. Mark's got like hammocks for days. And I was like, is this your go-to hammock now? And he's like, absolutely. And I'm doing the whole Tahoe rim trail on it. And he's like, you, and he's like, if you're having issues in a gathering end, you need to check it out. And I was like, well, done, bought. Yeah. And the, the, the double like ridge there, line. Yeah. And the, so the ridge line is so cool. And I like how you did the shelf. You did like the shelf with the, uh, the ridge line organizers. Like, yeah, yeah. That is so cool. So I was like clearly buying one of those. <laughs> are you, are you shipping non PPE orders right now? I already asked him. I already asked him. I talked to him about this. Um, I, actually, I am. Um, He's working I, eighteen hour days. Stock <laughs> items. However, I got to tell you, Banyan is not not one of them right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it's honestly. actually the <laughs> that is a very hard product to make. Really, and, and um, one of the biggest reasons is um, with the ridge lines, although they really make it. They give it a unique shape mm -hmm. and they really hold 
that bug net up nice and open yeah. that it, it is a nice big cavern and it does the whole it does the whole thing really neat where you switch to the to the winter top cover yeah. and this pocket of air that's in there um but yet you know you're really able to vent it well and it does all that well but um what the ridge lines do the best for you is you get a consistent lay in it every time because you set it up just like you would a gathered end yeah you set it up there and you feel that ridge line and if it's got like five to ten pounds of pressure you have it set right um now in doing that um we kept we we went for a long time and we would make this and it wouldn't work out the next time and, and then we would make a top and be like why is everything sagging and and we would adjust things and we would measure things um and what we really found out was that even though after you take a whoopee sling and you make it when you load it up it stretches not oh. so much the am still stretches but your bury stretches and the dog bones that make up all of the suspension of the bridge the the um the the ridge lines and those triangles um I, I gotta tell you a lot of the work that went on to that thing was those six pieces that make that and we had to make them so that they don't stretch wow um and, and so, because um because if a heavier person got into it that then then a light person it would be different and also um it would be different you know the second time that you used it yeah so um i can't give out how we did that but but the that it took a lot of it and that dual ridge line um gives you the consistency every single time because it's set up exactly the same just like you would a gathered in hammock and and that is really key because if you don't have the a bridge hammock um so much goes into that arc that's on the side and how much that pulls up your butt and that's done by how far it pulls apart pulling that pulling mm -hmm. that up supporting you so um so if you're really good, you can get it consistent, but that's hard to do. And it also requires getting in and being like, nah, that's not right. Getting out and setting it right. Now it has ridge lines. You know, the ridge lines tight, you know, that you're right. And you can't put it too far because the ridge lines are going to stop you. Mm, nice. Interesting. So how much, how much times go, like how much, how long did it take you to like perfect that? Um, it was probably a year and a half of working on that wow. hammock. Now, I say that, but we get busy during the summer, right? And we're not developing hammocks during the summer. Yeah, and and um, and we keep hoping to release things for the spring, um, but if we don't get it out by the spring, we're not going to do it during the summer. So we drop it down and we start working on it in the fall again. Okay. So it it, it took oh, it see. took two winters. I should how say. many um like how many prototypes did you go through with that hammock before you like settled on the like <laughs> on the one? <laughs> well, um, the things are made in components. Yeah. So, um, we we had to start with the body and we had to go and get that down. Um, and actually that wasn't that hard because it's really just a bridge hammock. Yeah. It yeah. really isn't that much um into it. The um, the toughest part was definitely the top, and okay. and a lot of that. First of all, um, we we were chasing our tail because 
I told you about the, the thing stretching. Yeah. Well, we didn't realize that to begin with. So we would go and we would um, make a bug net for it and, and it would have nice glass. It was perfect. And we'd be like, this is the dimension. Make this again. And, and, and then we get the next time and, um, but things stretched and not stretched yeah. and whatever. And we go and it would have wrinkles in it. And we're like, no, we, we, <laughs> and, and we didn't understand what was going on, but what was going on. I mean, even the triangles stretch, but the, but the ridge lines attached to the triangle. Mm -hmm. So if the triangles stretch, it moves the ridge line. Yeah. Um, so, um, finally when we got that all figured out, then there was the passing of the, um, how to attach the ridge line to the bug net. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we, we think about keeping it external. Oh, um, I see. We really like to have the shelf part of it. Uh -huh. Yeah. Inside there. So, um, and, and also these are, these are kind of somewhat expensive pieces to be making a ridge line. I, I think we, is $9 if I was to sell one. So, um, you know, you're putting two of them, you just add yeah. $18 to, to the cost of the salmon. Um, so we had to determine what the ridge line stays with. We were thinking about making it so the ridge line um, attaches to the to the bug net, and then mm. each um, and then each bug net or top cover would have an internal ridge line that attaches oh, to that same point, wow. and that way we could still have a shelf. Um, the pass through from where the ridge line goes through the, yeah. through yeah. the bug net is a really big challenge, and to make it so it um, you can, first of all, the customer has to be able to put it through. Mm -hmm. And um, second off, the um, a bug can't go through. Right, right, right. <laughs> because people will freak out. I, it, <laughs> it always, people shouldn't be out in the woods because if there is a <laughs> tiny, tiny, tiny hole, hole <laughs> and they're like, bugs are going to chew my face off. Yeah. Like, hey, oh. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, cause I, yeah, I was, I was, I was watching the video about how you like, it gets fed through with that Velcro system you guys have. Like, that's very cool. It looks like a lot yeah. of R and D went into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, um so cool. it, 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 it definitely did. And there was a lot of variations of that. So when we say of how many prototypes we did, um, a lot of, a lot of the energy that we put into that was into um, how that ridgeline attaches, how it goes through there and shaping of that bug net after we figured out um, the suspension changes. Okay. The the body was not, I do, have, I, I'll tell you what, I got another bridge that, that um, I made before this one and um, it, it's even better. Can I buy that one? It is outrageously good. I, I've taken it out hiking. I love it. I've not put a bug net on it yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I don't even know if I want to mess it up with a bug net. Just um, may maybe do some kind of like a, a, a bottom entry bug net on it yeah. or oh, something. Okay. Like a drape. But, yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I got one that is just the, the most fantastic on, on comfort. It, we really dialed in on the comfort. And it was the direction that we were going to go on. And then we went to the banyan. And, okay. and, and we're, we're, we're darn proud of the banyan. Yeah. There's another one. There's another one coming that, that – um, it'll probably be two years, but oh, <laughs> nice, nice. Um, well, I, I, I'm a 
very pumped. Whenever whenever you guys are back up and running to get my hands on that, I'm super excited. And Andy and I, we've loved everything you guys have come out with. And I think you've done a lot for just the hammock industry in general. Yeah, chameleon, come on. Yeah. Um, we love that hammock. Yeah. We love that hammock. Um, thank you so much for talking to us today. This was super oh, fun. You bet. 